Hello and welcome to a special edition of the In the Money Players podcast. This is our Woodbine show for Sunday, August 14th. We did a bunch of these last year. We'll have a few more as things go on. A couple of stakes on this Sunday card. But more importantly, we are kicking off Queen's Plate Week. We've got wall-to-wall coverage of the plate, Canada's richest race, coming up this week. Uh, we don't have it all lined up yet for me to plug the specifics, but you'll be pleased. There's good, good content coming and uh, I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you in the little house on the east side, sitting at the kitchen table. We've got guests out in the guest house. I didn't want to rouse them this early in the morning. And with the family traveling, it was just as easy to sit here and to talk about this Sunday card. The last four races on the Sunday card with me, I bring in our man from InTheMoneyPodcast.com and also uh, the business manager over here at In The Money Media. He is Drew Coatney. Drew, how are things? I'm doing good. Many good things have happened around that kitchen table, I am sure, handicapping food and drink-wise. So I'm uh, I'm <laughs> sad to say I'm not there sitting next to you, but maybe soon. Maybe soon, buddy. That would be good. It would be good to get you. We, we haven't seen you you up in uh, in Saratoga in a minute, so it would, it would certainly be excellent to, to have you back. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to put in – I want to put in a few official a few, a few official plugs. There's a lot of interesting info over at a little microsite that they've created at woodbine.com. Woodbine.com slash Queen's Plate. They want me to let you know that, uh, of course, the date to hold Sunday, August 21st, first post, 1 o'clock. The plate itself is going to go at 5.47 p.m. Oh, and here's some info we were talking about before, Drew. They're, the official draw is going to be Wednesday – um, uh, at the, at the Stella Artois Terrace at Woodbine, nine thirty to twelve, and they may have a, uh, a a live stream available of that. But yeah, so we'll have PPs. Uh, you would think by Wednesday night without uh, without any issues. And lots of good stuff going on at Woodbine. If you have the ability to get there in person, it's a great great day of racing. Not sure I'm going to be able to pull that rabbit out of a hat this year, but we'll be watching and covering with interest from afar. You mentioned about the kitchen table and and food and drink stuff. Made a little summer pozole last night that I think you would have appreciated. Ooh. Came out uh, came out very very well. It was one of those night. It was perfect because it was you know after the brutality of heat that we've had up here we've had a couple of nights in a row in the 50s so the campfire's been going you almost needed a sweatshirt but a little uh, warm pozole was pretty nice as well oh that sounds perfect we hit that temperature too where it's uh low 60s high 50s busting out the sweatshirts getting the campfires going so anything to warm the heart and this weather is always good by me Let's dive into these last four races, my friend. Kicking off with race number eight at 4.46 uh, p.m. Eastern today. The Grade 3 Seagram Cup brings together, um, this was a scheduled field of uh, of nine. I don't see scratches yet. I know there were some cross entries here. But let's bring you in, Drew, to get your thoughts on uh, on who's going to win this one. Yeah, I'm I'm big on number four frosted over here. Nothing nothing too creative, but I think just has the best overall figures. And that inside draw is going to really help get that presser ground saving trip to have just the best jump on them. And there seems to be just enough speed to help set that that up. What we just talked about. And that, that May 29th off the long layoff where Artie Storm sprung the upset, I'm going to ignore that off the long layoff. And that last race was a bit of an experiment with the terrible trip on the turf. So with the other Cassie runner in here from the outside, I think that, and here's a here's a theory for you, Pete, is 
I think if if the number nine tap it to win the other Cassie runner goes, it typically tends to create the the ideal pocket for any of the inside draw horses who are going to be that presser style just from the way everyone breaks from the gate and reacts to that outside speed. So I think the number four is just going to have the perfect trip, that perfect pocket pressing uh, style. And I'll use the backups of the number three Hadassah continuing to get like improving within the last three. So I, I think at least for an underneath use, I think might be able to get the win if things go perfectly for this one. And then the number nine tap it to win again, like I said, I think they're just going to send tap it to win out to set up for frosted over tap it to win might just catch him sleeping on this. And I don't want to be uh, sitting on the sides, sidelines without this horse on my side. So I'm going to use the fours, fours and a and the three nine is B's. Got it. Very good. I get your, where you're coming from with that, uh, with that assessment. The cross-center horses both scratched yesterday. So Clayton and Tappa to win, unless something goes awry, presumably will both go in this spot. They were both uh, in the bold venture as well. I was thinking there was enough pace to set it up for one coming from a little bit further back. I think that could be already Storm. I, I, I think this horse um, really specializes in this course and distance when you look at the career marks on both. Ran out of gas the last day, but I think the bump at the break might have winded the horse, and it was still an okay race on the clock. I'm willing to give Artie Storm another go, and then I was with you on trying to get frosted over somewhere, at least in some saver exactas. Not exactly sure what was going on with as little as frosted over found last time, but the trip was so bad that I think you can just forgive it, and the turn back and distance should suit frosted over as well of course if frosted over decides to engage those early leaders presumably clayton and tap it to win early that'll only be a good thing for number six Artie storm so we'll see how it plays out with our graded stake that kicks off the last four races on the card and we'll move to the next stake which is race number nine we've got the bison city stakes on the synthetic going a mile and a 16th for these three-year-old fillies, the second leg of the triple tiara. And I think that the two sister Seagull, who was best of the rest in the first leg of the triple tiara, the Woodbine Oaks behind super impressive winner Moira, comes in here as a deserving favorite. I really don't have anything particularly clever to say about sister Seagull other than she just looks like the fastest horse. and I think she's going to get a great trip. I will also maybe mess around in some exotics with the number one, Strega, who I think seems like a potential lone speed. And if she gets loose, could take a lot of, uh, of pegging back. So I'll have some 1-2, uh, some 2-1, one, two, two, one, and be looking to bet the 2 to win if I can get anything over 3-2-ish on her. How did you see this one, Drew? Literally down to the value line. Or I, I should say that's a bad use of literally, but... Exactly uh, <laughs> as I have written as well. So we'll move on. I'm the two sister seagull and number one Strega just in case gets a little loose. And I think that form is a little muddy okay. too. So you may be able to make some some assumptions that this one could get a little better. So uh, two, one, uh, A and a B for me. It was interesting to see the short price on the morning line on Pioneer's Edge, who I certainly, I can see it, but I mean, I don't know, eight to five, uh, with slower numbers and, and a couple of very meh efforts, I, I wasn't sure, uh, has maybe some trip excuses, but I don't know. If the morning line guess is right, that's a little, just a little bit too short for me. Anything to add on her or any of these others? Yeah, I did the replay work and am completely fading Pioneer's Edge because I, I think money's going to get drawn to this horse based on that 
that running line we see here rank early three to five wide turns, which, yeah, was true, but so was Sister Siegel. For the most part, they were both stuck way in the back and had to make some wide uh, type of adverse moves that weren't going to be super favorable to them to try and get up and get close to Moira. And Sister Siegel was able to find the best strides late. And yeah, save maybe a smidgen more ground, but I don't think justified what happened with Pioneer's Edge. So two back-to-back routes that haven't turned out great. I'm going to need to see a bigger price for to back the number four Pioneer's Edge. Race number 10, quarter claimers, three and up, seven furlongs on the synthetic. Drew Coatney, we'll keep it with you. Oh, there's not a ton of pace in here, and I just love this. The number one, take a chance. Speedball looks to be loose and has the best overall figures. So really hard to argue with anything that gets – even money feels like a good price here. And I will be using just a smidgen of the number seven time skip. I think if there's that pace up front, that – doesn't look to happen, but just in case if it does, um, I think this horse can really clunk up, if not get the win. The blinkers come off and has the very similar high 90, low 100 time form U.S. pace figures that we find in Formulator. I, I think this one fits the bill. The number seven time skip is going to get overlooked. Probably 20 to one, I would guess, 15 to one on the more uh, on the live odds. So, I'll be using that one, keeping that one outside just a little bit. So an A of the number one. Do we have a history with this horse? Time skip. I'm I'm not remembering the race, but obviously this veteran, and we've been doing Woodbine shows for years now. I'm sure time skip has come up before. But is that was there a specific race or or a time that you like time skip? There's something, there's a synapse like half firing in my brain regarding this horse. Yeah. So on December 4th of 2021, uh, we liked time skip a little bit. Uh, but I don't think we put on top uh, and I'm only do- being able to do that because I can just Google quickly my name plus that horse's name. Oh, that's funny. That's very, very funny. Um, but anyway, I knew, I knew there was some time skip chatter at some point. I'm with you on the pace angle here with take a chance dropping in class, strong figures, and just looks likely to get loose. I was going to keep it simple, and I was really hoping that uh, we could get something anywhere near that 5-2 to two that's uh, suggested by the morning line. I'm going to keep it simple and just back take a chance in race number 10, which brings us to the last race of the program, race number 11, where we've got a nice-looking 3-and-up allowance race going seven furlongs on the turf and a big field of 11 signed up for this one for those of us Playing horizontals on the day here, Drew. How are we going to get paid? Yeah, I love the number five Bohemian boy. Um, faced a salty bunch last out that I believe is a step above what this field is today. Gets the cut back and should have clear sailing with the the cozier inside draw. Um, and and I'll tell you this though, Pete, if this horse isn't doesn't break on top within the first two hundred yards, I think if you can get to in live betting. Uh, bet against this horse to, to get the job done. I think absolutely needs the lead and will will really be determined in the first couple jumps of this race. I will be using another bomb that I will look up as well once I turn it to you, the number nine Desolator at 20 to 1. Um, it's just a hard-trying horse who just waits, is just waiting for that pace collapse. And this race does really look like it's set up for a pace collapse at the seven furlong distance. So if, if that does happen, I'm going to have this one outside a little bit. But again, if you can't hear, the theme of the day is a lot of logicals with some sprinkling of some bombs in there. So the number five Bohemia boy for me, 
but a little bit of a backup with the nine Desolator. I was looking at Desolator a little bit too to come running for a little piece late. Another horse I thought wasn't impossible in that regard. That should be a massive price with Dragon's Brew, but I had them, you know, much more as not even really bees so much as mix in for vertical type, um, you know, B for under, we'll sometimes call it in the in the notes that we send around for in the money plus. The more I look at this race, the less I like my pick, but I'm going to stick with it. I went with number six, Downy Boy, in this spot. The logic being not too far behind the fastest of these on numbers, and I think seven furlongs could suit, and I'd like him to be able to work out a nice stalk and pounce type trip in this spot. But I am a little bit worried looking at all the pace and on the stretch out um, if he's going to be able to settle here. So very low confidence pick with number six, Downey Boy. And I'm going to look at to mix in the three and the nine as horses that have a little bit of finish in a spot that really could. There's a world in which, I mean, I get your point about Bohemian Boy. Maybe just burns off all the speed. But this is a situation where if the six doesn't sit and the eight Basketball Jones goes forward, great name, by the way, Basketball Jones. Love that one. Um, do you get that reference, by the way? I don't know. Right over my head. I would, I would, uh, anybody out there who doesn't know Basketball Jones, just go ahead and Google the song and, uh, and you'll enjoy it. Uh, Cheech and Chong, classic stuff. Anyway, <laughs> the, um, I, I, I think that there could be a, a end up with a three way vi here and things could get a little bit legless late. So that's, that's how I'm going to play. That's how I'm going to play the nightcap. Drew likes it five and nine. And again, this is just the first of many shows we have on Queens Plate weekend. Lots of extra coverage over at the Woodbine website, woodbine.com. And I think that I, I said the I said it before, but I think it's just slash Queens Plate. Um, and and yeah, tons of extra articles and reporting. Sounds like this isn't 100 percent confirmed, but sounds like our own Matt Bernier is going to be up there to help with the broadcast. We're going to have uh, Jeff Bratt from their broadcast team on. Hopefully, we're going to get to hear from Doug McPherson and Ernie Perry as well. So it'll be fun to have an opportunity to chat Queen's Plate. I'm sure Queen's Plate will be a talk, uh, a topic on Horse Player Happy Hour. Maybe that'll be a fun one to do some interaction. Come on there, join the live stream, ask us questions. More importantly, play in those games. You know, just 20 bucks. The VIG, as it were, goes to charity. And even just you play one week and you're eligible for your cut of the $20,000 added to the prize pool. I, we've been doing well with those games, Drew, but I'm honestly surprised we don't have 200, 250 every week. It's it's one of the best deals going. It is. It surely is. And it's a lot of fun, too. It's a low entry fee to have something to follow along with, and you get live commentary on top of that as well. So uh, between you and Matt uh, doing the commentary on the races. So uh, I've, I've truly enjoyed it. I need to get involved more, actually. I've been a little busy at work and uh, shifting some things, so... No excuse not to just uh, play the pick and pray format and get it in early and to be able to watch it away. So, yeah, 20 bucks, low entry. Horseplayers.com is the website to go and sign up for that game. will probably be live Tuesday. We're varying the format this week. We're going to do a multi-track format as opposed to the all Saratoga that we've been doing. We just got some feedback, folks asking for that. Let's see what it does to our numbers, uh, which have been uh, between 150 and 200 throughout the season. But I would say, Drew, if you even if you don't have time to do the work, it's such a good cause. Go on there and, you know, pull a Kilroy. Play all the fours and, uh, <laughs> and just support support the cause. We've got to – when 
entities in racing do things that are player friendly. We need to support them. You know, it's it's hard because when you look at the data, sometimes you can see why these tracks are sympathetic to the idea of, oh, people like jackpot wagers. They're betting them. They're not, maybe not looking at the second order economic effects when they're making those decisions. But when we put something forward where horses are being helped in the form of our aftercare charities that benefit from the from the proceeds and players get a bunch of added money, which is essentially a de facto takeout reduction. Um, this is the kind of stuff we have to report to, to respond to horseplayers.com. And it ties back into the queen's plate because the queen's plate will be one of the key topics of conversation. Other stuff we have going on on the network. It's York, the big meeting at York, uh, Munthorpe meeting this week. We're going to have a special show to cover that out later today with Michael Adolfson and uh, also our man Callum Hellowell. So that's going to be a lot of fun. You can check that out. And then we've got special coverage for Monday racing as well with the Mid-Atlantic pick four. Drew, can it be far away that we have we, we, we revert to sort of an in-the-money daily type of, uh, type of a business model? Oh, my gosh. It's, there's just so much good stuff going on. You've got my full support. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good stuff. When the business guy is on side, that's how the magic happens. Now we just need to find that elusive sponsor. I wonder who it could be. All right, we are out of here, my friend. We'll thank you, Drew Coatney, one more time. We'll thank our friends at woodbine.com most of all want to thank all of you for listening making these shows so much fun to do hit us up on twitter if you want to talk about these woodbine races more i'm at looms boldly drew remind folks where they can find you uh drew coatney uh is is exactly my twitter handle on twitter d-r-e-w-c-o-a-t-n-e-y that's going to do it for this edition of the show i'd like to thank uh, drew coatney our business manager here on the itm side we'll thank our uh, Chief Creative Officer, Jonathan Kinchin. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos. <laughs>